are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Titlecapture.com launched back in 2013. They finished 2021 with $280,000 a month in revenue. And they've grown nicely, 5 to 10% year over year. The, the, the definition of a healthy bootstrapped company, they profit 30% every month. So on $333,000 a month in top line revenue today, call it $90,000 worth of profits, which they keep 50% of that in the bank to grow their cash balance. Now over $600,000. He likes to see three to five months of uh, expenses in the bank to stay safe. Now thinking about capital allocation, what can he buy? Can he buy distressed assets to keep growing the company? company. He's got the team to do it. 35 folks, 10 engineers as they look to continue to scale in a bootstrapped way. Hey folks, my guest today is Alex Simani. He's the co-founder of titlecapture.com where they help US title agents, real estate agents, and loan officers provide hyper-accurate cost estimates to home buyers and sellers. The company was founded in 2013, 100% bootstrapped and now doing almost 4 million in ARR. He's got personal skills and background, including product design and marketing. Alex, you ready to take us to the top? Yeah, um, really uh, thankful for being uh, on your podcast, Nathan. You bet. Um, now, did you start off sort of as a broker and said, you know what, I don't like this whole commission structure. Let me go build a SaaS company instead. No, no, no. It, it's the, the story is actually uh, a lot simpler and not that glitzy. And you know, we, me and my co-founder, were developing you know software, basically outsourced, getting projects and whatnot. And at some point. In 2013, we kind of got fed up of uh, that business model. And then we decided, hey, let's build something that we own and we sell a subscription instead of just constantly going back to step one with every new client. And so what happened was that um, we, had a, the, we had a company who wanted uh, us to build a rate calculator app for them. Right. And that's when we decided, well, hold on, instead of actually selling it to them, let's find out more about this need and let's do some research because they're pretty big. And if they need it, chances are that the whole market might need something like this. And we do the homework and we propose to them, hey, you don't have to pay us hundreds of thousands of dollars, just pay us a thousand dollars a month, you know, going forward and we'll cap it lifetime deal and we'll build it. But no, it's good. We're going to own it, and they said yes, and that was the start of what title capture. Are they um, still paying one k per month today? Yeah, but they were acquired by one of the biggest uh, title insurance companies in the country, First American. Did they cancel they title capture after they were acquired, on. or they're still they're still paying and using? No, it? no. The funny story is the um, the acquiring company already had a solution, but the people that were using us they sort of were activists and they didn't want to let go of it. And so they kind of opposed uh, canceling and we're still with them. Sounds like you need to write a book, the activist customer. <laughs> yeah. That's that awesome. That would be a good customer success book. <laughs> that would. So so how did you structure this in the early days? Because I have a lot of founders listening that are launching their first product. Someone has told them, yes, we're willing to pay. But making the leap from someone verbally saying yes to actually signing a DocuSign and maybe actually wiring via Stripe the first you know down payment is a whole other issue. So how did that work for you? Well, I mean, we were pretty fortunate. Um, 
what what happened in the or, well here's another funny story we were supposed to be three partners right um i was kind of on the design side and we had a programmer and then my co-founder who was doing sales and business development right and when we decided that we were going to build this thing we also in parallel booked a booth at the annual convention in west palm beach called alta one like alta being the american land title association the problem was that three weeks or four weeks before the trade show, our programmer kind of went missing in action. Like, forget about it. We didn't have any code. We didn't have anything. So I had some background in computer science and I did figure it out on my own. So obviously our V1.0, I don't think it was very functional. It looked great. It was something to show people at the trade show. Um, obviously we pivoted and we made it work, you know, the coming weeks, but we went at the trade show and our go-to-market strategy was practically non-existent. We got lucky because one person at the trade show who was a the national sales rep for a large title insurance company uh, loved it, right? And our customers are the title agencies, right? They're the resellers for title insurance policies. The title insurance company is, they're like the brokers, the middleman, right? And so every title insurance company has tens and hundreds and thousands of title agencies that they do business with. So this guy saw our product. He was like, dude, I would love to put it in front of all my title agencies because I'd love Why to though? I mean, I don't want to them. disrespect you, but you weren't our developer. How are you able to build something that this guy's never seen before and you're not even a developer? I mean, what, why, why hadn't someone else done this thing yet? It's a slow, non-tech savvy industry, you know, and back in 2013, um there weren't many solutions uh and the ones that existed looked like they're from the 90s i see so when we came in with a responsive modern looking thing that was easy to use and you know i mean we had background in creating product so it was obviously superior and what we added as a nice touch was that we branded it uh we basically made it a, a white labeled web app for each and every single customer I so see. that when they put out this rate calculator, it was representing them and it was nicely branded and all that. So, so it won with ease of use and aesthetics. So fast forward to today, how many customers are you working with? We have signed up of 1500 title agencies thus far. The market in total is 13,000. Um, you know, so it's, with competitors and everything, we're pretty, uh, you know, satisfied with how how far we've come. In and a very what slow is what industry. do each of those fifteen hundred pay per month on average? The the ACV is about four grand. So that's annual per, value per right? year, right? So it's a, a slightly above three hundred a month um, mm -hmm. average. But we have it's customers in the thousands a month. So can we take the 1500 customers times four grand ACV? That would put you at like a 6 million run rate today, but you said in the bio, you're more at 4 million. So no, it's not yeah, we've signed up, we've signed up 1500. And when you take out the churn companies, um, I don't know, we're about around the thousand active. Okay. So a thousand active at four grand a year puts you at a 4 million run right. rate today, or about 330,000 yeah, yeah. a month in revenue. Yeah. And yeah. where were you exactly one year ago? One year ago, we were 6% um, less because I remember the growth in 2022 was 6%. Um, the real estate market definitely took a bit of a hit towards the end of, of the year, last year. 
Mm-hmm. We have seen a bit more churn than usual. Our churn is normally at about 0.6.7% month over month. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the sort of last couple of months of 2022, we did see it up to 1.7, 1.8. Um, people got scared. A lot of title agencies decided to kind of cut costs across the board because they did, didn't know what was coming. You know, So they take, took all this sort of preemptive action. Um, but it has come back down since then. So people are starting to get a little more confident about where the market's going. But it's been kind of three, four months rough where our net new MRR was negative. Okay, so 313,000 a month a year ago would be 6% yeah. growth up to 333 today. Take us back one more yeah. year. What did you finish 2021 with MRR-wise? Do you remember? 280, something like 280. that. 280, okay. So, I mean, this is the definition of like, you know, people say overnight success, but no, you're just plugging away five to 15% yeah. year over year growth for the past seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years, yeah. right? And, yeah. And fully well, bootstrapped. It's actually fully bootstrapped. And, and what's actually uh, now becoming very evident is that growth is tapering because of the fact that we're going higher into the sort of market share um, quota. And because you have other competitors, because whatever, you've already signed up the people who are tech savvy and, you know, they want to use technology. It's getting increasingly difficult to grow or to maintain stable growth by sheer new customers. So now what really becomes uh, a necessity for us strategically is to start looking at building more product to increase that ACV. So for example, um, you know, our uh, product is, is a rate calculator, but the next, uh, step of the process is a full-on settlement software, which helps the title agency manage the whole transaction. You own that product. That you upsell that is, product. We don't have that product yet. There's another com- competing company that came along in 2016 that, that disrupted that market. Why don't you buy it? Why, why didn't you build improvement. it? Um, what do you mean? Well, why didn't you go buy it? If you know that's the next upsell, why, why haven't you guys built that internally to start upselling yourself? Or, or why have you not gone and bought that, bought that competitor? We just didn't get around to making that definite decision, right? So it's, it's, it's because of internal decision-making um, that's slightly slower. And, um, but we definitely have to start moving either buy or build whatever, because that's a 40,000 ACV product. It's a 10 times. So if you want to grow from this point on, you have to really start going out there and building more value. Alex, it's what's the team size today? How many folks? Life. 35 to 40 people. Oh, wow. Okay. How many engineers? Um, up to 10, not more than 10. Are they all full-time or do you use sort of outsourced uh, development shops? They're full-time. I think our DevOps engineers are outsourced. You're what? Okay. So what, like five, 10 of those or no? No, it's about two people. Two or three. Okay, interesting. Um, very cool. And then I guess talk to me. I mean, this is a great bootstrap story. It's not every day you hear a bootstrapper going up to four million bucks in ARR. So I want to focus a little bit on that. Um, are you running it sort of right at break even, or do you guys have profits every month? Oh no, the company's highly profitable. It's thirty-three percent profit margin. Okay, so you guys will so, do then about ninety thousand dollars a month in profit on your three hundred thirty thousand yeah. up top line. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do? So what do you do that as a capital allocator? As a capital allocator, what do you do with that 90 grand each month in profits? Do you pay it out as dividends? Do you reinvest it? What do you do? We pay it out right now. But again, we're also um, 
making sure the the cash is there to kind of sustain whatever might happen right so we're taking all kinds of uh you know good financial you know safety measures so what, uh, what makes you feel gets safe? distributed how, how much cash in the bank makes you feel safe three months worth of expenses you know which is how much for you cash. well it should be about uh half a million five hundred six hundred thousand okay interesting that's and a good target to get there yeah, as a as a cushion, just to make you feel safe, that makes sense. Now, yeah. how do you structure the ninety thousand dollars in payouts each month? We had Bridget on with you can book me who had a whole profit sharing plan she does each month. How do you guys think about distributing? We just um, make it half half because we're two partners, fifty percent each, and uh, well, we don't take it all, right? We kind of limit it um, to the point where half stays in cash. Um, you know, just adds to the cash every single month. So 45K of the 90K would stay in the business. So your cash balance yeah. is now 650,000. Yeah. And you guys each take whatever, 20, 30,000 a month. You split the rest. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And that's your salary that or is that on top of your salary? Yeah. No, that's that's basically what we pay ourselves. Um, I see. You know. I see. No, that's great. I mean, I, lo I love this model. Now, if we look at like personally what you what maybe you would make on the company over time, like right, 25 grand a month from the dividends times 12 months, I think is like $300,000 per year. And the reason I set that context is if someone came to you and offered you and your partner to buy the whole company for, you know, say uh, 10 million all cash upfront today, right? Do you sell? Uh, it's a tough that's a tough question to answer. Um, we're definitely open to an exit opportunity, but at the same time, we know that there's room because of my conversations with all the, our customers, there's a lot of opportunity. And on one hand, there's more we can build and grow the company. Um, on the other hand, um, when comparing a financial buyer's offer with the existing bigger sort of settlement software or insurance company, the value of our customers that we have today to them is a lot higher than what a financial buyer would offer, right? We were actually doing the math. I'm not going to name any names, but we realized that for one of our partners, a buyout would be in the range of 60 to 80 million. You know, that would be fair value to them actually that would be a discount you know so that, that would be really i mean look i see a lot of deals in today's market that would be a premium exit valuation so why are you yeah. not signing and taking that immediately because we didn't get the offer yet we don't have any offers because we haven't been as proactive as we should have in, in networking and just being in front of all the potential um strategic acquirers right so we have to do a lot more of that you know, that's my take on it. Well, so what are, so what, focus how are too you, much on the work, you know? Yeah. I mean, so how are you thinking about the business, I guess, moving forward? You know, um, it sounds like you're very comfortable and this is not a bad thing, by the way. I'm not, this is not a discount being comfortable. This is a, it's a compliment. You're in a very comfortable spot. So you can keep doing status quo, no problem. I don't know if you're competitive, yep. you play varsity sports back in the day, maybe you want to go build a billion dollar company. That would be a different model. Or maybe say, you know what, I want to go build a family and get out of operating and free up my time and sell the whole thing. Wh which of the buckets do you fit in or a different bucket? Um, I would, I would be in the second 
because I always want to challenge myself and build a bigger thing mm-hmm. and more. So the way I see it, it's, it, you know, this is an asset. So I need to grow its value or build more assets. If I can't do this, it's, it doesn't matter. Right. We've, the sky's the limit. And no matter how small the niche is, if you dive deep in it, you'll find opportunity everywhere. We've actually discussed finding a distressed insurance underwriter that we could buy, you know, that we, we would need an investor, obviously. We would need, you could take outside money, buy that distressed underwriter and use our technology, right, to position it, to create an angle. And start competing with the bigger underwriters, and and that's a different market altogether because we're talking about hundreds of millions in revenue every year. It's insurance, right? Yeah. So there's there's all sorts of things. We I th- I feel like the best um, the, and the most important thing is is for the owners and the founders to get on the same page and and make these calls. You know because. You don't always have the same values. You don't always have the same, uh, you know, wants, right? And so I think moving forward is usually slower Very when, good. when there's a pie. In the beginning, there's no pie. You, you move at the speed of light. But then, like, ah, you know. Yep. Alex, we're out of time. So let's wrap up here quickly with the famous five. Number one, favorite book. Favorite book? I'm gonna plug in my, you know, Dan Martell's Buybacker Time. Let's number, go. That's a good one. Number two is there a CEO you're following or studying? Uh, many of them, but if I had to choose one, why is this so difficult, man? Um, I don't know. I have no we'll idea. Scale. Let's say. Elon Musk, because he's on Twitter a lot, and it's funny. Number three, how, what online tool do you use uh, or is your favorite online tool for building title capture? Uh, HubSpot. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Wow, that's about six. Okay, that's good. Wow. And what's your situation? Married, single kids? Married, two kids, that's two awesome. daughters. How old are you, Alex? I'm 39, going over 40. That's awesome. Congrats. Uh, <laughs> happy early birthday. Thanks. Last question. Something you wish you knew when you were 20. Something I wish when I was 20. You knew, um, yeah. I wish I knew that. Oh, man. You're asking tough questions, man. Um, damn. That building a business, um, that actually, um, how should I put this? No, I'm having a hard time putting it because it's very complex. Um, we can skip it. It's no problem. Yeah, we can skip it. It's, there's All a right. lot of ideas. Like I'm having a hard time. <laughs> Guys, there you have it. Titlecapture.com launched back in 2013. They finished 2021 with $280,000 a month in revenue. And they've grown nicely, 5 to 10% year over year. The, the, the definition of a healthy bootstrapped company, they profit 30% every month. So on 333000 bucks a month in top line revenue today, call it 90000 bucks worth of profits, which they keep 50% of that in the bank to grow their cash balance. Now over 600000 bucks. He likes to see three to five months of uh, expenses in the bank to stay safe. 
safe. Now thinking about capital allocation, what can he buy? Can he buy distressed assets to keep growing the company? He's got the team to do it. 35 folks, 10 engineers as they look to continue to scale in a bootstrapped way. Alex, thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks, Nathan.